This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. So folks on this call, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be um, um, going through a, uh, a number of points, really questions that you want to ask yourself or ask whomever you are um, involved with uh, in terms of your, we're helping you increase enrollments. Um, now, on call, we have uh, uh, several marketing companies. We know that. And uh, welcome to you folks. Uh, if you have questions or comments, uh, just weigh in on the chat box if you like. Uh, we have, uh, I think, three or four of our own clients. And uh, so without further ado, um, let's uh, uh, let's go and uh, get at it. Shane, are you back yet? No, not yet. Well, we'll start with the first question. Um, the first question is, does your marketing company claim expertise in things that they know little about? So are they education specific, um, that kind of thing. So Tom, um, you were in the industry for many years um, as the chief operating officer with a large school. Um, you want to speak to that a little bit, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I learned the hard way early on that uh, if you're – company doesn't understand the education industry uh, when it comes to not only web design uh, and marketing to students and lead nurturing, uh, that the same practices that may work for a B2B company uh, don't really work in the education, uh, education field when you're trying to address students and prospects uh, and you're trying to market to that certain uh, demographic. So, it's really key in this industry that you find a company that is not just a marketing company or a web company uh, or handles Google AdWords for people. They really have to know uh, the education industry and the specific data and trends uh, and a little bit more about conversion rates and, and really the specifics of what you find in the education industry because it it's a different animal, uh, as, we, as we all know, uh, so the same the same old marketing companies that may work in uh, one industry don't necessarily work in the education field. Interesting. Okay. Um, so you know, and those that come into these marketing companies, they they need regular um, training. They need re regular mentoring. Um, it's even a good idea to have them shadowing at a school to learn the various roles and jobs that are happening. Um, but often that doesn't happen. So your your assignment out there, folks, is to ask your uh, account rep, uh, if you have one, uh, about, you know, laying on some obscure industry items. Um, talk about gainful employment and talk about um, different things along those lines. See if you get a blank, blank stare or dead silence on the phone. Um, and if they, if you can't really get some crisp responses around industry jargon or trends, um, you should run away. Okay, number two. Are you um, paying marketing company uh, a percentage of your ad spend? So uh, the um, the hey, ad spend. Sorry, hi Shane, you back? Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. 
That's okay. So, uh, you know, the thing about ad spend is human nature is such that if you get 15% of something, you're going to want to go in and, and just keep proliferating and making it bigger and bigger and trying to convince the schools to spend more and more because you're going to get 15% of more. And, you know, that's uh, our capitalist economy, how it works. But it doesn't take into account that if you see, um, if you want to pursue the truth and you see a, uh, let's say, a, a paid search media buy that's uh, say 100000 a month and the lead costs are 240 a lead and you can take that lead down cost down to 150 then your percentage if you're on percentage then that's problematic you're, you're actually backwards in terms of your marketing company you, you want to speak to that yeah yeah it's it's totally backwards and it rewards incompetence and that's the real consequence of it, right? Because the, the worst pr producing person, let's say you've got a couple of AdWords analysts running those campaigns, the worst producer makes you the most money. It's, it's nuts. And an, another part of this is when, when you either on a percentage of spend or you're on straight fees, like hourly fees, every phone call for the client, like from their point of view, is a buying decision. Right? Do I want to spend a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks to make this phone call to get an answer to something I should already have an answer to? It's, uh, yeah, it sucks. It's like going to a lawyer's office. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if, okay. Yeah. So if if you're um, if you're paying on a percentage of spend, then uh, you're most likely overpaying and and creating an environment where the, the, the vendor is incentivized to do a lousy job. So uh, maybe the way that schools can structure this is to not only percentage of spend, but percentage of savings created. If, um, if uh, one can become more efficient in saving the school money, that would be an interesting thing that they could do. Yes. Um, okay. Number three. Um, are they really just uh, a front for outsourced services? So, um, Scott, I, I guess really uh, you get some marketing companies and they'll go and have their SEO done in Indonesia and the writing done in India and it's an eye to just saving a lot of money. And, um, it, you know, while it, it can maybe suppress the costs for the schools a little bit, it does create problems in terms of Getting to uh, uh, getting to these uh, getting to answers and having consistent access to the subject experts. What do you think of that? Yeah, well, I, I you know I personally think that's a conflict in uh, the client's best interest because you know you're selling it one way or you're presenting it one way that we're going to handle everything and true. A company that does that is handling everything, you know, on the front end, but on the back end, there's, you know, a lot more going on if they're outsourcing SEO or SEM or website build and, you know, that type of thing. It's, you know, it's really, it's really not being truthful. Um, and again, access, if the client needs something changed right away, well, there may be a day, there may be a week lag time in getting that done instead of really right away, which can impact 
uh, their inquiry flow. And it's just um, uh, it's just a cloak. You know, it really is a smokescreen when a company says they, hand, they can handle everything, but yet they're not, and they're outsourcing. So I think that's that's a key question that a client has to ask when looking for a marketing company. Are you doing everything in-house? So that's a version of the nickel and dime um, on the, the percentage of spend. It's just trying to save money at the other end and hiding it and um, selling the subject experts as in-house employees when, in fact, they're, they're not. Uh, okay. Okay. No, no. It's, worse, it's worse than that, though, man. It's way worse than that. Man? Explain. Well, when, when, if you are outsourcing some core expertise, say, you know, we'll again just use paid search management as an example of that, you are not in control in any way of innovation or best practices or learning or innovation or getting better. You cannot control it. You're simply purchasing however good somebody is somewhere far away that you have virtually no way of monitoring or measuring and virtually no influence over um, the practices that are used to, to run the campaign. So you're, you're hopefully, they do, hopefully they have a, a culture of innovation, but you know, it's been our experience that hardly anybody does, right? They're just content with however good the person they hired is and no one ever gets any better. Wow. So, uh, what? So that culture of innovation really is uh, is a. Um, well, it could be, or it could be training, or it could be, you know, lots of things, right? But it's you're not in control of it if you outsource it, and and therefore what you have, you not. Yeah, some guy may or may not be good, and uh, you have no way of really demanding that they are. Yeah, yeah sucks. It's not good. Well, and the underlying motive is also profits. I mean, you know, when you're outsourcing something, you're probably, you know, getting it a lot cheaper, but yet uh, not doing the work and also putting a margin on top of that. So, I mean, that's, that is another underlying uh, motivation for it as well, aside from best success. Okay, so this, this is the, the next one that's really bothers the living crap out of me is that you know, school people on the call. Do you own your Do you own your Google accounts? Do you own the URLs for your website and and microsites that you may have? There are um, these guys. They they own the URLs of your website. Let's just say, or your microsite. They they go off and get the name because they're nice guys. They're doing that for you, and then. Uh, you decide you want to leave after six months because it's not a fit. And they go, whoa, 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 we have a, a one-year contract. And so if you want those URLs back, you have to pay us twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. And um, that kind of stuff is garbage. So when marketing companies hold the actual, they're doing the, um, running the Google campaigns on their accounts on your behalf, or if they are, using their URLs for microsites or mini sites or the website that you have. Um, that's a huge one. It's, uh, if, you have, if you own your Google management accounts and you own your URLs, that's worth several hundred thousand dollars to the value of the school. And it's just a dirty, nasty trick that some agencies will 
do in order to kind of snooker and manipulate you into staying with them whether you want to or not. It's yeah, like yeah. Um, oh, it's, being married yeah. to somebody that's got photographs. <laughs> Let's just say. Well, so, it's, 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 in, guys. Yeah, Greg, it's 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 bad in that way, and it's also bad in that Google rewards kind of the, the longer you have an active Google campaign running, the more advantage you get in your advertising and in, in terms of your ads showing up and the what it costs you to buy a click. And so when your agency owns that AdWords account, right, and that history, when you leave, you have to start from scratch. And starting starting from scratch is a massive competitive disadvantage. It's terrible. And it takes a bunch of time to build up enough history to be relevant for Google. So not only are you stuck with them potentially, but when if you do choose to go on your own at some point, you could have a six-month period of trying to ramp up that is going to result in way fewer leads, way fewer enrollments, way fewer revenues, and competitively hurt your business. Yeah, Hope Cunningham says, you know, if you work with a reputable agency and negotiate your contract, you can own your stuff and take advantage of the expertise. That's what people do with us. But um, what happens is it's normally people get trapped with the small print. Um, and, you know, things like, hey, I'm going to make a website for you, but I'm going to link your website to all of my websites that have deep, deep SEO value in the, in the vertical. And, and so they, they don't spend any effort on building the, uh, the, the, the link farm in your website. And when you leave and part ways, they go, sure, here's your website. But there's nothing there because it's, all that it's linked to is the, the stuff that the agency owns. Yeah. All these dirty little shitty tricks. Tom, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, you're, you're right on the money. It's, it's kind of like you know, if you give somebody keys to your front door, you know, that, that's fine. You can, change your, you can change the locks, which is not a very big expense. As long as, but if you give them the doors to your house, uh, then anyone can just walk in anytime they want. So uh, you, you definitely want to own it and, and make sure that, that, uh, that you have the security there um, and, and read that fine print. Make sure that you own everything if you choose to walk away tomorrow um, and make sure that you have your doors in place. Yeah. And Greg, and if, like, if the, go ahead, if, Jane. Yeah. And, and the other point I want to make is that the, the point of this talk is not to dog on marketing companies. The point is to help people evaluate whether they have a, a good relationship or not, right? Or whether it's a good one for them or not. So in our business, we don't own anything by policy, and we never have. It's been a, a policy of ours for, what, 14 years now. And the purpose yeah. of it is so that people control and own their own assets because it's one it's the moral thing to do two it's helped us preserve an excellent reputation over those 14 years now many companies also have that same practice and good for them they're awesome but the ones that don't are manipulative and it's a, just it's a dirty trick and you need to know it yeah okay good company finds them in this hostage and ransom situation is there any any recourse that they can do rather, other than just starting the campaign from scratch 
Not really. Um, no, you're screwed. If if they own your if they own your your digital real estate, you know, um, you you basically are a leaser. You can. It's like using a real estate analogy. Um, what's up on the search engines? Uh, what's up in Facebook? Think of it as real estate, and you guys own a little chunk of that real estate. Now, if the uh, marketing company has the URLs, then uh, you you don't own your real estate. You're renting that real estate. You're renting it from the real estate company. So think about it. Do you want to own your house, or do you want to rent your house? So, and, and the gall of it is, is you pay the marketing company a premium for the privilege of renting your real estate. That sucks. That's stupid. So, okay. So here's another one. If a marketing company comes to you with some big home run turnkey idea that will solve all their problems, you got to run away as fast as you can. The um, there are so many external variables that um, that are out there that are people are not aware of until you actually get hit by them. You um, you basically the only way we can get somebody 80% of the way there based on our expertise in higher ed, um, and um, then you have to use iterations or testing, A-B testing, or split testing, there's various terms, to th through trial and error to get you from the 80% to the best practice. And, it, you know, people will come to Shane and I on occasion and say, hey, you guys are award-winning guys, blah, 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 tell us the big idea. And we say, well, we don't have a big idea. And then they say, well, what use are you? We say, well, we're, we know how to test. That's our value, and um, sure we'll have ideas, but we don't argue these ideas as the you know Moses coming down from the mount. This is the idea. No, this is an idea that we're going to test. So, uh, well, it's, it's, Shane, it's, yeah, jump in on that one, Shane. Yeah, and the other important thing, like a lot of value is determined by the structure of the business model you have right, or the marketing company has. So I can only speak for us and the choices we've made over the years, but part of the way the hedge against the big idea is, like in our business, in our, on the marketing services side, we have no competing clients. Nobody, everyone has a protected territory, so there's no competitive issues. As a result, our entire client base is one big testing pool. And so as we learn things, in one school, we can we can correlate that test result amongst a few others and then deploy it to everybody. So it's kind of like we're, I view it, or we view it sort of as like a software model in that sense. That's a way to, to give us a measure of certainty, right? Because we've proven it out with, you know, 30-odd, you know, systems. But the, the, the coming, hey, here's the million-dollar idea stuff, you can't know it until you test it, as you said. And so unless they have yeah. some system to test it amongst other businesses that are similar, it's, it's nonsense. So it's a discernible point. It's a very subtle point, and that is that one company will say, here's our big idea, 
and you um, uh, you need to do this. Whereas the smart marketing company will say, "Here's our big idea, and we need we're, we we're, we think this will work, but we need to test it, and we need to put a safety net underneath. So if this big idea happens to fail, it's not going to rip through your business like a virus." Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, okay. we have a track record. We can say, "Hey, here's a bunch of ideas that have been tested and proven out." So they're they're factual. They're not uh, they're not speculation. And here's a and, and Scotty, here's a bunch of ideas that have uh, bombed, and uh, but we put safety nets underneath so nobody got hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think just to right. segue a little bit, also the testing testing is crucial. Uh, but what uh, schools should ask their marketing company also, well, what is the testing going to cost me? Um, you know, it's the agency's responsibility to do everything in their power to make it successful and not pass that cost along to the client or the school. You know, it's great if you're going to test out uh, different landing pages, different elements, but then when uh, you send a bill for $3,000 for building landing pages, that's a third. It, it is the company, it is a marketing company's responsibility to do everything in their power to uh, make sure the campaign is successful. So, so Tom, to that point, um, there are lots of marketing companies that play small. Um, here are your visitors to your website. Here are your page views. And if they start, you know, saying, trying to impress you with, like um, tertiary statistics that they serve up on some crappy spreadsheet, um, then really you need to run away because they're playing small. You need um, marketing companies that will get in the middle of the conversation around how many enrollments are we going to get you more than you have and what is the cost per sit or cost per start. You want marketing companies being accountable around the work they do as it relates to how many enrollments and how much does it cost per enrollment. All those outer tier stats are just they get weaker and weaker and more flaccid and do you care, Tom do you care to speak to that uh, yeah I'll go back to the, the very first question is, is is your is your marketing company you know education specific and do they under do they really understand what's important in this industry if, if a marketing company is out there telling you hey we're going to get you more leads and more branding and more exposure uh, but it's not specific to to what's really important, and uh, you know we we work with clients all the time, and the biggest measurement is is cost per start. Uh, you know, I'm you know cost per lead, great. You know what is what does that mean? Uh, I want to know cost per start in this in this business. It's you know it's it's seats in class, and how many students uh, are you going to help me put into into class? Not how many people are going to view my web page. Uh, or how many people are going to sign up for this or that? I want to know how it's going to affect my bottom line uh, and break it down in cost per start, so I can effectively uh, work between different types of media that's out there, whether it's traditional media, internet media, or anything else that a particular marketing company wants to sell you. Uh, I need to be able to benchmark the effectiveness of, of each type of uh, of product that they may want to offer me and how it's going to affect me as far as starts and the revenue and my, my bottom line, uh, that's what I want to know uh, as opposed to all of these other crazy stats. I don't care what the stats are. If you're getting me more students in class that are quality students that will graduate, then 
and I don't care what my my users or my visitors or any other stats are. I want to know well, how many seats in class I'm going to be able to get from that product. Hey, hey Greg, can I can I give a concrete example of this? Yeah, far away. Okay, so we know that for everyone, you know, that the leads that are generated off the, their their own website are higher converting than most other sources. You know, phone calls might convert higher, but like the person filling out a form on your website is a higher converting lead, pr pretty much for everyone. And so the the only measurement that we care about on the website, aside from start rate, is what percentage of visitors convert to a lead because we know those are high value, high high enrolling leads, and that number we track religiously on all clients and are constantly working to improve because the more self-generated leads through your website you can get, the more enrollments are going to come out of it. And so that that number is like the magic number. It's it's the it's the only one that really matters on a website. Page views is the examples you gave page views or you know other other things like that don't really give insight into how to get more of those people that are already coming to your website to fill out the damn form. So, Got it. So rather than spending money on pools of interest, media buying and what have you, um, one should take a hard look first at what we call conversion rate optimization, um, ways for people to do more with what they've got. It's, and, and that really segues into our, the next point we wanted to make, and that is you really need to understand if your marketing company has your back or they have their back. Um, and it's, it takes a lot of courage to have a business where, you, it, you know, our mission statement is we, we're in pursuit of the truth uh, at all times. And so the truth takes us where it takes us, and sometimes it takes us to a point where we say, "Client, we're um, we're doing the best we can. We've got you optimized. You don't need you anymore. Uh, you don't need us anymore." And we follow ourselves. That would be uh, where you have the client's back, not your own. When you care more about the client than you do yourself, it takes a lot of guts. It's counterintuitive. Here's the big one that we have a focus on that we think all marketing companies should have a focus on. The most important P in the four P's of marketing is product. And you know, if if you are um, if you have a mediocre product, you guys, a mediocre program offerings, blacksmith programs, um, you uh, desperately need that manipulative uh, communication style marketing to persuade and convince people to go and take your mediocre pr programs with your mediocre outcomes. And um, and so that's bad business. And a good marketing company, what they'll tell you is improve your product. Let's improve your product. Let's get your product um, in your school like, uh, like Tesla is to electric cars or Apple is to smartphones or let's, let's strive to get that going because here's the deal. If you can get that product world class or on the road to world class, then the marketing doesn't become that important because you know the people are so excited about coming to your school by way of your reputation that you don't need to persuade. You just need to have 
fulfilling um, uh, complete and thorough communication explaining the offering so they can make informed decisions. It's a nuance, but the most important marketing work should be in helping the school become world-class in their offering. Tom, that's what you did at your school, and you uh, improved revenues uh, by six-fold in six years. Why don't you speak to this? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you just hit it on the head. It's, it's about becoming world-class in, in what you do, and I think uh, without... Now, I'll, I'll toot our horn here at Enrollment Resource. I mean, it's, we spend as much time trying to help you improve your processes, your product, uh, and, and your programs, and everything that you do uh, as, as we do handling the marketing end of things. It's, it's a lot easier to market Apple uh, than it is, uh, you know, Joe's uh, iPhone or Joe's phone company. So, you know, you got to improve your product, and you got to spend as much time improving your product. And your marketing company should not be just a should not be a vendor; it should be a partner. And I I firmly believe that that's all successful marketing companies or companies out there. Period are companies that want to partner with you, and there's mutual benefit on both sides. Uh, but if we help you improve your process, your product, and help you become world class, a it helps us uh, help you market you better. And it's going to make it a lot uh, easier uh, for you to uh, move forward and uh, become a much more successful company out there. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a marketing statement uh, that runs true in the, the marketing field, and that is nothing can wreck uh, a crappy business like a fantastic advertising campaign. And, um, it, you know, the, the, the advertising marketing companies make a ton of dough off of a crummy offering, but it's short-sighted. Um, and and really, if if we, we focus on helping you create a world class offering, then guess what? The marketing uh, budgets, as a percentage of revenue, go down. Um, the need to manipulate uh, goes down. The admissions reps advise instead of coerce uh, or co-opt, and the employers are lining up to hire your grads. And lastly. The regulators are off your back. And um, Shane, uh, I'll get you to put a final uh, cherry on this one. Sure. I think the, an easy tell on this is if the marketing company itself is constantly improving its product offering. Like that's, that's the picture of it, right? Because if they're basically, their ways of work never change and they're not internally innovating and trying to get better and be that world-class organization, how could they possibly help you do it? Yeah, that's a great insight. Uh, also, if the staff are constantly churning and you get new staff or, you know, go to glassdoor.com and look up, you know, your company and see what their rating is. If it's crappy, then, you know, run away, run, run away because marketing is all about innovation and subject expertise legitimate insight drive and that's all related to people and um, if the people are churning if the glass door rating is really horrible then you must run run forest run and um, so um, hey, Greg let me jump in one, one last thing I mean to kill the subject here but a, a great determining factor when you're hiring a marketing company is how much did the marketing company interview you? 
or did they just come to you and say, hey, we got a product, we'll help you? Or did they ask questions about you, your product, your company, and try to find out if you're the right type of client for them? Because one size doesn't fit all in, in marketing. So uh, I would say uh, you know, a good way to determine if your marketing company is, is of value is did they, did they interview you? Did they inquire as to how your business runs? and take a look into you first, or did they just grab you because you were the next client with the, with a checkbook? So uh, hump your leg, ply, ply you with liquor, and, and tell you whatever you want to hear in the hopes that you'll come aboard, whereas what you're advocating for, which is smart, and that is you take an objective, analytical, bloody-minded look at the relationship, and you qualify really deeply um, the, the potential fit before you you guys before you dance together um is that kind of what you're getting at yeah and absolutely and the school should be doing that with its students because your school is not right for every student and your marketing company is not right for every school out there uh and there's clients that you know we're not right for and there's clients that we're, we're perfect in their sweet spot same thing with the school there's students that are just not right for your program, and that's why you go through the interview process because you want a student that will graduate and become successful out there uh, as opposed to just taking any student you can find and bringing them in. Boom. And, you know, I, we, we've just hired a new gentleman who's a user experience expert, and it just brings to mind he he spent a lot of time interviewing us. He flipped it, and he's asking a lot of questions about our leadership, uh, management scenarios, how would you handle this, how would you handle that, it's very refreshing. We went through a, like a deep mutual qualification to ensure that there is a fit so that when we tipped and shook hands and said, hey, welcome aboard, and he said, I'm excited to be here, it was with some foresight and uh, some, some uh, you know, measure twice, cut once kind of effort here. Um, I think this is a natural place to jump off, you guys. Um, and uh, Scott, uh, any final uh, final words on this broad topic before you've been involved in in this industry for a long time, and in a number of capacities successfully, you've seen it all. Yeah, well, just to readdress, uh, you know, getting a world class product out there. I think uh, a good metric to look at at your schools are what percentage are referrals in your uh, inquiry mix. And I always strive to get 25 to 30 percent referrals as my uh, lead sources when I'm at the school. And if, uh, it, it's a great number to strive for because they're high converting inquiries and that type of thing. But, it, but it's a great measure to see whether your students are happy, whether the employers that are hiring your students are happy, because those are all great referral sources. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a great measure to see if you are putting a world-class product out there. And, uh, I think any school that's not doing that is really missing a great opportunity. Well, any marketing company that's not advising and giving insight as to ways in which to go about doing that also uh, show their colors. Um, if they're just got their head down and they're going, man, I'm just doing this. Uh, if they don't take a broader lat lateral interest in seeing the school succeed back to Tom's point about being a partner instead of a vendor um, then you know run 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 away you know mm -hmm. Jeff Jefferson Starship 
became, Jefferson Airplane became Jefferson Starship, and they had a big hit called Run, 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 Run Away. So uh, if any of these people uh, are um, not living up to your expectations, people on this call, you deserve, you des you're doing good work. You're helping kids get a leg up in life. You're helping people create congruency between um, what, how they spend their days and and. So it's noble work, and if your marketing company don't don't go and embrace that as well, and and walk the talk with you as a partner, then you must run, run, run away, in my opinion, and the, the opinion of our panel. Now, Shane, we have a little. Uh, we're going to give a little gift away, or yes, we're giving a little gift away. We have put together the what is it, fifteen point, sixteen point checklist on hey is it are you what is it is it time to fire your marketing company it's a quiz so it's sort of the basis of the notes of this um, talk so if you would like that as a way as a white paper to help you assess whether you're, you've got a partner uh, who's helping you or you've got a, a you know a, another mouth to feed that is not helping you uh, this would be a wildly helpful document for determining that. Now, now, folks, uh, if you want to have an, uh, also in this call access a little uh, salty little uh, exchange that's going on in the chat room, uh, feel free to do so. We have uh, Guy Pierce, who's a leading marketing guy in the States, leading uh, a, an interesting exchange there. So you might want to just jump on there and have a little look at the thread it's it's interesting to me um, now Shane this little uh, document can be accessed uh, I guess people can text in, text in and make a request or they can phone in would that be best day eh? uh, yeah phone text uh, even email I think this is good sure. I can help you so, uh, so uh, sorry go ahead Shane Pardon me. on the screen there's uh, Oh no, it doesn't have our contact info. Well, so you could text uh, our office number, 250 391 9494. You can email, uh, what is it? Uh, Paul at yeah. enrollmentresources.com, uh, or you can just call us at 250 Use this little white paper to assess things. That's right. Okay. Well, um, Shane, I interrupted you. Any final uh, thoughts before we say goodbye to our folks? Yeah. I, I do have a final thought. Um, this, I don't know if this is a soapbox moment or not. I, I, I'm wildly proud of the, the work that we do. And, you know, I, of course, I... I, I, and I think we've always felt that in order to compete, you have to have a better product than your competitors. And, and, and you'd said earlier that you're really your product is your people, and it is. So at Enrollment Resources, we put a lot of effort into training, into creating opportunities for staff to learn, and we back that up with systems and ways of work that are designed to leverage the, the pool of clients we have in order to learn more, to get more insight, to be able to do a better job, to equip our staff with the insights they need to make good decisions, 
and it's this kind of cycle of innovation this this um, you know it's like a, a wheel that continues to turn and and we're very proud of the work we've done there may be other companies that um, are doing a similar job I don't totally know that I just know that we're trying to kick ass on behalf of our clients every day and I'm uh, grateful for all the people that are on the call today, some of which are clients, some of which uh, hopefully will be future clients. Um, the, the, I don't know, I, I, I guess that the, the bottom line is if you don't feel like your, your vendors have your back and are trying to kick ass on your behalf, you got the wrong vendor. Well, there we go. Well said. Um, I think we'll say goodbye now, you guys, and um, thank you for coming on the call. And uh, any follow-up or uh, questions? We're getting emails already, um, clarifying questions. Just uh, pile them in, and we'll uh, give you our point of view. So thanks so much, everybody, and uh, go uh, take on the day. Yes. This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com.